You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with David Delaney, CEO and founder of Tenbound. Are you doing today, David? I am doing great. I'm so excited to dive in with this. And it's a big one because today it's a quite special, quite special episode. It's our 10 years anniversary episode. Uh, so you, you are a very special guest, you know, someone that we've got very close to our heart. <laughs> and, and since we are celebrating our, our 10 years of anniversary here at Operatics, we wanted to speak to someone who's been involved for the last 10 years in the sales development business to speak about what happened over the last 10 years, basically. So can you, be, but before we get started, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself, David? I mean, the people I don't know you must be living under a stone, but you know, could you just tell us a little bit more about you and, and the company you represent and bound? Yeah, it was interesting, um, Ray, because when I initially met you, quick background, I had been running sales development programs at different tech companies here in Silicon Valley. And I was between things and I started consulting with just friends of mine who needed help, you know, either hiring sales development reps or putting their playbook together or writing scripts and just anything sales development related. Um, it was kind of my, my niche. And um, when we met initially, I was working with one of our clients and we were looking at different outsourced SDR companies that could help augment and you came in and presented and was, it was super impressive. I, I can't remember if we, you know, went forward. It wasn't my decision. It's not my, <laughs> I just make recommendations, but uh, very impressed with you. And we've, I've known you since then. I think that was 2017. And so, you know, right now we've got, there's two sides of 10 bound. One is those advisory services. So we still work directly with um, SDR teams in Silicon Valley and their executives to help them, you know, improve the performance of the program or start the program at their at their companies. And then on the other side, we do um, media. Um, so we run conferences and webinars and, and digital events to help support the sales development community. And another quick thing I wanted to mention is we're going to be working with Operatics. I don't know if you know this. But, oh, um, but we're partnering up on, on uh, some conferences this year. So super excited about that. Yeah, we're well excited about it. I think what, one of the things that we found about Tenbound is like you, you're really putting the, the sales development function on a pedestal. And, and, and we are so much behind you on that. You know, it's, it's kind of, I remember the last podcast that we've, we, we've done together is probably a couple of years ago now, maybe at least a year and a half ago. And, and you came up with that uh, with that concept of having sales development at the board, right? Why are we not at the board, right? And and I remember that has been sticking with me since, and I've been mentioning your name to lots of people about about that conversation. So so yeah, it's been a it's been a pleasure since 2017 having you as a as a contact and someone that I can call to bounce some ideas with. You know, always a, always a great source of knowledge. So David, in the last 10 years, things have changed. <laughs> I remember I started at the bottom, like you know, like you like you have done as well. And for me, when I started in 2004, 2005, it's more than 10 years, right? We're talking about uh, really revealing revealing a little bit my age here. Literally, we had nothing. We had Sibol, 
as a CRM system and you had to open up like your, your PC and put a CD-ROM inside and just cannot get it on the computer. We had, we had something like the equivalent of the yellow pages to, to get like a book of, of contact, Excel spreadsheets that did look like rainbows because color coding was, you know, such a, such a, such a cool stuff back then. And that was it. Even LinkedIn was not there when I when I when I when I started. And yeah. God, if you look at it now, if you look at I, I remember you showing me like the, the the sales and marketing tech quadrant that you put together with all the logos. Things have changed, haven't they? Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it it is. It's 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 almost like you know uh, the Jurassic <laughs> Jurassic Park or something like that to think about that. Because yeah, definitely. I mean, I I can even go further back um, when it came to prospecting. We had dummy terminals, and probably the people that are on the call don't even know what those are. But it's essentially, you know, there there would be a server in the office, and then the the computers were just hooked up to the server, and all you had was that database, and yeah. and it was a name, a phone number. And maybe a note box, like, and somebody was loading that in. So yeah, the the evolution has been tremendous, um, you know. And I think big picture to start with, um, sales development really has changed from very tactical and and um, you know uh, task driven work to something that's very strategic and critical to the success of a company. Um, especially, and, and so we work with SaaS companies, you know, it, it, who are fast growing software as a service companies. That's all exclusively, you know, our, our niche. And, you know, once a, a product is ready, you know, the, the marketing is, is pretty dialed in at some point, uh, someone starts talking about outbound and, and suddenly this becomes very strategic. So I think that that's one of the main changes that that i've seen over the last yeah. 10 years yeah i also think that uh i'm, I'm being told as well so that is becoming more difficult and, and i think it kind of makes sense because when you look at the population of technology companies that have been you know popping out of the woodwork every year you've got more and more techs i mean we are looking at the the investment that are going in SaaS businesses literally they just you know, multiplying by 10 year on year. So I think there is a real push towards technology and, and, and the market is a little bit more crowded. I think people have more options, you know. I think the toolbox is becoming much greater for the prospect. And when you are selling technology, no matter what you are, obviously everybody is coming with their value proposition, but there is so many best of breed solution you know, that solve like a very specific project uh, or problem, sorry, that... It's kind of confusing for the prospect, and it's harder, I believe, for the for the sales development professional to to actually, you know, differentiate themselves, go through. And let's face it, I think with the with the, the increasing demand of SDR BDR, I think the level of quality or, or the increase of mediocrity in in what people are doing from a tactic perspective, it, it's not only giving a bad name to the job, but but also probably impacting people who are trying to do a good job to go through and, and actually have the good conversation right so so yeah. i think it's, it's also that sort of almost the, the 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 psychological element of yeah i want to do it but i want to do it cheap because i think we went through that over the 10 years you know we went through okay let's do it internally now let's do it internally but we should do it cheap that's okay if we do it offshore 
Now, it's not okay anymore to do it offshore because the quality is not there, but we're going to do it internally, not externally again. Well, actually, let's recruit the guy from the outsourcer. Well, it's not working because they're not managed. Now, it's all those things working together, and it's becoming more and more complex. And I think the generation of people have changed as well. You know, we, I know that we, we, we speak about millennials uh, a lot, and I, I don't think they're fundamentally different from, from the other, but I think it's uh, their... The people that were doing the job 10 years ago were probably more salesy and less techy than the people who are doing the job now. You know, people who are doing the job now, they've got a different way of communicating. 10 years ago, most of the sales guys I would speak to, if we want to speak to each other, I would be on a call or a face-to-face meeting. Maybe a slower way to do business. But now, you know, you've got to be fluent in WhatsApp, you've got to be fluent in Slack. You know, information is flying. And, and I think all that uh, has made... I don't think it's making the sales development worse than it was before. It's just making it maybe a little bit more complex to navigate uh, and a little bit more specific. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, there's so many factors. And and on, on one hand, you know, I, I I would like 10 Bound to be a place where people can go and, and just feel a little bit... <laughs> you know, clarity yeah. about this, this milieu, you know, that that's, that's happening right now in the industry. And uh, at the same time, I mean, we have a long way to go because you mentioned a lot of different issues that have come up. Um, you know, one, one is if, if you boil down sale development to the most basic level, you know, they're in borrowing from Marcus Limonis, there's people processes and the technology. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, all of the issues that you mentioned there, they, they can be sort of bucketed into this simplistic format. And so just, you know, thinking about the people, it's the profile of the type of people that would want to do the, the job because, you know, it, it, it's not easy. <laughs> it's definitely a high energy, high, you know, high rejection sales position that not everybody's cut out for. So, so it's getting the people right and the yeah. expectations that people have. It's getting the process uh, correct and mapped toward the market that you're going after. And then, as you mentioned, it's getting the right technology to support uh, your strategy, you know, without um, overspending or plugging in too many technology solutions and things like that. So it's it's a it's a fine balance, and there's so ma- so many different aspects. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And you know, I, I know that at Ten Bounds over the years, you've been uh, you've been publishing a sales development market map. Okay, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of alluded to uh, to it when I spoke about the different logo that you are putting together. I guess it's yeah. not really a quadrant; it's more like a map. And and I guess this is a great way to track, you know, how the market has been evolving. So on top of people and technologies. Is there anything else that you've seen from, from this report, like really evolving or, or things that you think, you know, our audience should, should watch for the for future trends? Yeah, I mean, so th- there's a few things. One is it's, it's evolved in a way where the, at, at first, when we thought about bringing together all the different, you know, tools and services that s- serve the sales development community, it was very tactical. So, and, and it was very based on, on point solutions that could help with specific things, but how it's evolved over the years is similar to the way that sales development has evolved because 
It, it's more about what is it going to take to connect marketing and sales and create reliable pipeline, yeah. you know, for the sales team, 3X, 4X pipeline. And, and so the, if you look at the map, there's, there's an outsourced component um, and, and, you know, it contains the uh, companies like Operatics, which, which provide the uh, pipeline for companies from an outsourced perspective. And, and then it, it, it also goes into all the different software that's available um, to run cadences and to coach and to develop the people internally. Because what we see is, you know, at a lot of companies after a certain point, they're running both outsourced and an insourced SDR team because they're looking at things from an overall pipeline perspective versus just, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. tactical things. So. Yeah, no, again, completely in agreement with you. In fact, we, we, we've done some research on our clients and, and asked them the question, why outsource if you've got an insource team? And it's interesting because we, we, we see most of our clients insourcing roles such as inside sales, which is kind of, you know, borderline SDR, BDR, but the people who will do the, the lower value type of demo, so the, the lower average deal value type of, of deal and, and probably take them a little bit further or even take them to close or close them through, through a channel partner. And the reason behind that is because these are people that need to know the technology. They, they want to be in control of that. You know, it's, it's, it's a revenue generating. Again, some of them do outsource it, but we see most of our clients liking to have that, that function internally. And the other one is really around the inbound response management. So our marketing team is generating leads. We need people that, that can take those leads quickly, qualify them, and, and move them, push them to a demo, or push them to, to, to the next step, which would be a meeting, demo, or whatever it would be. However, when we ask them, you know, why the outsource or what, what do you see value in outsourcing is often the case that we, and I'm, I'm not trying to make generative, but we're probably talking about 70, 80% of the, the people we, we spoke to. So a fair amount, you know, when you think about, you know, we've got, uh, we probably have close to 200 clients active at the moment. So, you know, it, we, and we, and this, our customer, this is our customer success team asking this question to, to all those clients. Um, and uh, the, the feedback we've got is that, well, we need people that actually know the market. Then we need people that know the end user. We, we, when we do outbound calling, the issue we've got is that we speak about us but when we do an outbound call, we can't. We should not speak about this. We should be making assumption of the issue that that, that account or that person is facing. And, and I think this is where the outsourcer are still very relevant in the market. It's kind of that the capacity of an outsourcer to understand the target accounts, understand the persona, have experience in targeting this persona, have conversation under their belt, people who have built up sequences. Because again, you know, my I was in the conversation on Monday. Or maybe yesterday on Tuesday with with a uh, with a potential client. Okay, and it's funny because it's it's actually an ex-employee that is now a sales director introducing us to his marketing team and we kind of getting all together. Yeah. So the person yeah. was, was an insider of operatics and was actually very good doing the job. And they ask us the question is well, what's the difference between doing it ourselves or doing it with you? It's, like, it's just time and pace. You know, you guys are all smart people. You're smart, you have a good job, you've probably paid a lot of money, but you're not a specialist of what we do, but you are smart. So you're going to figure it out. It may take you nine months, it may take you 12 months, you will have turnover in your team, processes won't be set up the right way, but you are smart. So you will fail, learn, and get better. 
every month, okay? It's gonna be difficult to push that stone, but, but you will get there. Or you could come to us. And literally in one month, we're up and running. In one month and a half, we are ramped up. In three months, we're delivering results technically six months before your other team would have done it, okay? You don't have the problem of sourcing, which is the first chaotic issue. You know, I mean, everybody's saying it's a candidate market. I think I've heard that for the last 20 years. It's always been a candidate market. Yeah, good BDR, good SDR are impossible to find. Why are they impossible to find? Because if you are a sales director, or marketing director, or VP sales, or CRO, or CMO, and you are in your right mind, and you identify a good BDR, SDR in your team, you're going to take them under your wing and no one will take them away from you. You will make sure that you push them. You know That's why those guys are not on Indeed or looking for a job. They don't need to update their CV, the good one. So you, you don't find them. Yeah. So you, you kind of need to get the first pick. And to get the first pick, you need to recruit on competencies versus experience. And that's tough, okay? But I guess the, the, the point that I was I want to make here to, to, to cut a long story short is the pace. I think the, the value of the outsourcer should be the understanding of the market, the, the ability to have data and, and intelligence of, of your end user. Obviously, processes, but all that, you know, processes, people, all that sort of stuff, it's really about pace. I can help you to get results in one month when if you do it on your own, you probably get results in three months. We can get to a cruising pace in two months, two and a half months. It's going to take you nine months to get to a cruising pace. And then when we go, it's the cost of having the team. You will have turnover in your team as well. Everybody will have turnover. Those people are being poached right, left, and center. So that's the interesting conversation of insourcing out outsourcing. So I guess my point two, number one is outsourcer for probably a bit more of a, of a proactive approach. That, that's where we see the, the market going and maybe the trending towards 22. And the second thing is for the pace. You know, people who just need to get it done now. Not, they don't have six months. They don't have one year. They've got to get it done now. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's a lot there. I mean, we always recommend to think about we need we need the pipeline right now, you yeah. know, and what, so what's available, you know, and, and look at, you know, outsourcing as an option there, because exactly like you said, that's your full time job is running SDR team. That's your your company basically is is uh, the processes are in place especially if you're niched into a market and you know for example cybersecurity. So you know the vocabulary, you know the problems, you know the conferences. You 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 know you're really in, ingrained in that industry. You can hit the ground running. And and you know on the flip side there's a lot of advantages to having the the internal SDR team, you know, from, like you said, the, the bench strength, yeah. um, hire, hiring people that could be at your company for the next generation of your company. Um, and a lot of the big, big companies here, you know, in Silicon Valley and beyond, they, they, they have a whole, it's almost like joining the army, you know, you're a boot camp <laughs> recruit and they stick around at these companies for years because they're just highly valuable uh, contributor. So um, the, the two quick things that we recommend is if you're thinking about starting an SDR team or if the program is struggling at your company, um, start start with a good manager who's done it before and has a playbook and knows what they're doing. Before you hire another internal SDR, 
Yeah. Um, get, get a good leader for the program, you know, who, who's worked with S, uh, outsource companies, who knows how to write a playbook, who can do training and coaching and all those things. Start there and then and then build out the internal team. The other quick thing is you, you mentioned something critical, which is when you're bringing in a, a new SDR, start with the industry, start with the problems that you solve and start with the audience that they're going to be talking to and, and make sure that they have that vocabulary and, yeah. and understanding before you move. It's just a huge issue that we see that people start just like you said, they're they're plugged in with all these tools that are on the market map. They, they have the ability to send out a bazillion emails, but they know nothing about the industry that they're calling on. And so once they finally do get into a conversation, they just blow it and then they're miserable, you know, because they're not getting results. So it, it, it's a down, downward spiral. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. The, the, the thing that also we, 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 we picked up, in fact, the, the year we, uh, we met, there was a, a, a LinkedIn report that was published in 2017 about the top 20 emerging jobs in, yeah. in the US. And sales development was on number three. I mean, God, if it was only an emerging job in 2017, I don't know, again, what people were before that. But what Different do you think name. we are in terms of that? Because I'm, literally, I think I think everybody's, there is such a high demand for BDISDR at the moment. What, what do you see the market going? Yeah. I mean, I think that demand will still be strong. There's a lot of a lot of different factors. If you look at the SDR team as the connective tissue uh, between marketing and sales, you you have to have that that connective tissue to be able to connect the dots on inbound and brand and digital events. And then being able to give it to someone who can run a demo and be successful in negotiation and, and closing the deals. And, and we're not quite at a point, Ray, where we can just automate the whole thing and have robots do it, right? We're getting there, but I don't see that happening for another five to 10 years, unless somebody can show me where you can get rid of all SDRs and, and make that connection without hiring people. And so I think right now, that's why demand is higher than ever. I wouldn't be surprised if that report came out and SDRs are still one of the top you know, five in-demand jobs out there because um, we haven't quite developed the technology to be able to get rid of the position. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and bringing it back also to the outsource industry, I mean, your industry continues to grow because there's an insatiable demand for exactly what you're talking about. You know, sales teams need 3x, 4x pipeline going into the quarter. They have to be yeah. able to show that. And if product marketing, demand gen, brand building is, is not producing enough inbound leads, then we've got to go outbound. We have to go proactively talk to people and that's where the SDRs come in. And, and this has been the, we, we were expecting to, to have a wave from COVID-19. So obviously when COVID-19 hit, you know, it's like, okay, what's gonna happen? So it was like, a, it was like March, 2020. I was just back from skiing, literally in the center, in the epicenter where I started in Europe. So I probably brought it back with me in the UK, which is terrible, but there you go. That's for the side story. The market got a little bit crazy. You know, we, we were working with some very large companies, uh, probably the biggest IT companies you can think of. 
that help us with search engine or a sort of great thing. And if you are aware, they completely cut off all their marketing budget. You know, they let a lot of people go and lots of things were not, you know, going well. So, you know, there was a, some big contract that left us, but we actually managed to grow during that year, but probably more towards the second half of the year, because I think at the beginning, everybody froze. And then people are like, wow, okay, we can't freeze forever. <laughs> we've got to sell stuff. We've got to, we've got to go back to just marketing. And then 2021 was kind of that year where, okay, we need to go back at it. We are one year behind, right? It's kind of over now. It's not over, but everybody's fed up with it, right? So let's, let's move on. And events are not taking place. You know, it's difficult to meet people in person. I think that was a big component of lead generation, proactive lead generations, like going out there and fishing, getting people to come at you or whatever. And those big shows not taking place probably have impacted pipeline drastically. And we saw that this year, you know, we we saw a, a, a large show. But in fact, it's from Francisco RSA. I know you were speaking about cybersecurity a few minutes ago. So it's, it's, RSA is probably the biggest cybersecurity show in the world. And every year it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. In fact, at some point they might they may need the Bosconi Center to keep on, you know, digging in the ground to make it bigger. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is. That got postponed to June. You know, if you are a cybersecurity company, you are ex- or a marketer, you're expecting to get 300 leads from that event, right? In Q1, in February, that's business technically for 2022 if you've got a six-month sales cycle, right? If it's moved to June and you've got a six-month sales cycle, that's 2023 business. It's not good anymore. And you need to change your tactic very quickly. And, and I think lots of people have been turning to outbound prospecting because of that, which, which I guess is a, good, is a good thing for us because we had clients turning to outbound prospecting that did not believe in outbound prospecting anymore. You know, they've had so many bad experiences that they were like, no, 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 that's not possible. Nobody can do it. Outsourcers are all terrible, all crappy. But they kind of yeah. came back to us because almost they didn't have any choice. Like, you know, kind of moonwalking, <laughs> moonwalking towards us instead of going for, and not really being sure. And we managed to turn them around. We managed to, to change their opinion. We managed to prove them that we can go and get bigger deals proactively than, than what they were doing before. So that, that, that's, been a, that's been a plus for us. But yeah. I guess my last question for you is really about the future, okay? And from your perspective, David, you know, what do you see the next five, 10 years in terms of in terms of you know sales development, what, what, what do you think will happen? I know you just spoke about AI and stuff like that. Do you think those things will actually come to life? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that it, it, there, there'll be a gradual process of automating the repetitive, boring, frustrating aspects of the job, which is a, a lot of the research and you know looking manually through different things and and the, the type of stuff that causes people to burn out i mean they're they're if if a machine can do it it will be you know replaced uh, for sure but what can't be replaced is the the human creativity and the ability to make connections and and learn and grow through experience of really yeah. understanding the market Right. And, and um, so I think humans still have a place here for at least, you know, five to 10 years, unless somebody can figure out a way to, to do that. And I think for, for sales development, we just need to realize it's strategic. It's, it's an important part of the marketing mix. And the whole industry needs to get better. 
you know, there needs to be better management, better training, more executive support, more coaching, and, um, and, and, and setting expectations correctly for people getting into the job. I, I think that, that that's a huge um, you know, area of potential because you know, th- there's so many jobs available and there's all these people coming out of college and they don't have, I mean, no offense, they don't really have any skills or any experience yeah. and they become an SDR and they're like, this sucks. Yeah. I, I, this job sucks. You know, I, yeah. I, I can, I, I'll just flip NFTs and make $87,000 in, in a minute, whatever that means. I don't know what that means, but, but, you know, we've got, got to, NFT. I can tell you everything about it. Okay. I'll, I'll do three ducks and three chickens of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you everything about yeah. the, the future, but yeah, I've got, I got into NFTs. It's, it's a vicious circle. Don't get that. It's, it's quite addictive and it's, it's really, it's really, it's really a fear of missing out. It's, it's about FOMO already. So it's, it's kind of fun to, to look at it, but anyway, no, I, I, I know I mean, what you're saying. I, you know, companies, companies need to realize this is worth investing in and you've got to improve the experience for the people on the team and make them more engaged. And then, and then also performance management is very important because if somebody gets in and they, they don't want to talk to people, they don't want to be creative. They don't want to leverage the tools. They're just like, I'm just going to do this for the money. I mean, of course the SDR job sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should be a byproduct. Money should be a byproduct of do, doing something you like. You know, it's, it, it never works the other way. Uh, but I, you know, it's it, music to my ear. Really, I think the, the, that's really what we're doing in the recruitment process. You know, trying to get people to understand what the role is. Yeah. And, and in fact, you know, one of the, I don't recruit anymore. But when I used to recruit, one of the things that I used to do is to say to people in the last interview, even if they were fantastic, to say, "Well, look, you look great, David, and on a personal level, really like you." But I don't think the job is for you. I don't think you are cut off for it. Okay. And then stop speaking. And then you see what they're doing. And you want someone, you know, you are waiting there. Your heart is palpitating because someone, you want to give them the job. Yeah. But you do that last thing, which is kind of that, that Mexican standoff, where you're just like, okay, please, please push back. Please tell me, please fight for it. And you've got some that fight for it. And I said, no, what are you talking about? I think I'm perfect for the job. You say, okay, that's exactly what I wanted to see on Monday. But you've got some of that just pack up their stuff. And that, that basically tells you that if they get an objection from someone a little bit more senior, they would just take it as granted and move on. And, and there is so many things that needs to be, it's psychologically the complexity of doing what we do from, from the different level, even, even being a, a full-on salesperson. I mean, I'd love to see some AI doing it. You know, I'd, lo- I'd love to be proven wrong, but I think it would be extremely difficult. I mean, if we've got that, technically we'll have, we'll have AI that, is, that can replace human. And that would be quite scary. But, but I think it's, it's such a skillful job that it's air. Yeah, we, we will see what the, the, the future got for us. But I, I do agree with you, with, with, with the whole setup. So we're getting to the end of our episode, unfortunately, David. You know, I know when you and I get together, we can go on for a long, long, long time. And you know, we're both really passionate about what we're doing. So, and we can, of course, enjoy the chat as well. But look, I'm sure lots of people want to probably reach out to 10 Bounds. Everybody, I mean, I don't know one single organization that would not need advice or consultancy with their own inside team. And, and if you guys do and you are listening to us, David is probably one of the most knowledgeable person you can get in front of. So... That's it. That's giving me a little bit of 
giving you a little bit of credit here. But if if anyone in our audience wants to get hold of you, David, what's the best way to to, to do that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we put out a newsletter every Tuesday yeah. and it's free and it's at 10bound.com. And it's a great way to just understand the stuff that we're working on and then um, how it can help you and the events that are coming up because there Perfect. a lot of them are free as well. Yeah, so uh, jump on the newsletter. And Ray, thanks. I mean, it definitely, the sky's the limit here. I mean, when people start to take this seriously and realize how important it is, um, the, the industry is, uh, you know, it's going to explode. So Absolutely. Well, we've yeah. been here for 10 years, proving yeah. that, you know, it can be done, that it can be done properly. And then there is a market for it. You know, we've been growing pretty much 50% year on year since, since inception. So, and, and all self-funded. So there is definitely, definitely a market for it. There is definitely a need out there. And it's a fantastic market to operate in. It's a bit gritty, you know, and I think I think the harder you work, the better you get, you know, out of it. But again, I know I know that you've been you've been spending a lot of time studying the market, looking at the market, staying on top of the trends and, and what's going on, not only from a technology perspective, but also sales tactic perspective. So once again, anyone in our audience looking for either a good conversation or, or, or some support, do get in touch with David. And David, I want to thank you so much for being with us to celebrate our 10th I mean, anniversary, technically. We're going to do that all this year. I, think. I want a celebration for the whole of 2022. But it's actually, it's, it's actually pretty much today our anniversary. So thank you for being there. Thank you for being a great guest. And I speak to you soon. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. 